good. Well, everybody that's listening, thanks for joining the good, the bad, and the guilty. I'm Darren Campbell, sheriff here in Iredale County. I have Dow Hawkins, which is one of our captains over our narcotics division today, and Captain Bill Han- or Chief. Sorry about the downgrade. Holy, holy cow, what a demotion. I know. I like trying it. to get I'll my volume turned up here. I, I, my Alfred Hitchcock music's gone. I know, but that's the bit, our, pre, our pre-show prep, I guess, is about I know. Uh, I was music. looking forward to that. But no, we got some cool stuff today. First of all, we're going to talk a little bit about, I think, Dow or Captain Hawkins. Some breaking news on our conspiracy. We had a big conspiracy today we did with fentanyl and methamphetamine, so we're going to break that here in just a few minutes. Talk a little bit about not so much, well, that case, but we constantly get asked sort of in, is it sort of like what you see on TV? So we're going to talk about the uh, just the downright dirty parts of working these cases, the capability of our office. The nitty-gritty. The nitty-gritty, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not really as... Glamorous is what you see, but there's a lot of stuff that we're very advanced on as far as being able to do Title Three or wire cases, working with our federal partners and our state partners. But, <clears throat> Bill, getting to, I think yesterday the news was mm-hmm. the escapee that we were looking for here in western Idle County, which, just for the record, was not an Idle County escapee. This was an individual that was serving time that we convicted here on crimes and was serving time in Catawba County, I'm sorry, Codwell Codwell County, Mm -hmm. Department of Adult Corrections, and apparently he went missing around, I believe around 8.30 is what they were telling us, and we feel confident after the information we got later in the morning that over near off of Westminster Road is where we were at. Our deputies went, and it's sort of a dead-end street. He was not inside of a house, but in the back section, sort of facing the woods. So Mm -hmm. if you want to take from there, we got to... We end up having a massive manhunt for about eight hours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's one of those things, Sheriff, where for, for those of you that were in the, in the neighborhood, thank you so much for, for talking with our officers, for working with our deputies. And the, the prison had some, the prison department of adult corrections, uh, they had some folks there uh, as well, their PERT team. Uh, but, uh, yeah, quite, quite an operation yesterday. I know the Highway Patrol brought their helicopter up. Uh, they were helping us. And um, just... Uh, but we, we, we did receive information. Uh, the gentleman's name was, is uh, Matthew Neal Brown. And like the sheriff said, he was an escaped um, convict uh, out of Caldwell County Correctional and there in Lenore. Uh, he did get away from them up there. Uh, we got information early on. And, and, and of course, uh, and I guess, Sheriff, it would be great to do a show on how we work these type of cases as well. But anytime that you, you have an escaped prisoner, anytime that they're taken in, uh, and we do this in the jail, what's the first thing that we want to know? Family, addresses, former addresses, were you on probation, probation officer numbers. So when they found him missing, uh, they were able to uh, get all that information out in our, uh, over in that area um, where we were, excuse me, over on Bellmead Avenue. It was one of the locations where he was known to be and have family. So, of course, we responded out there quickly once we received the information. And uh, we, we did see uh, some things that led us to believe that he may be in the area. Uh, we, we quickly set up a perimeter, got our canines out, got our drone team up. I think the Highway Patrol uh, helicopter was called for. And basically, you just start searching every place that a person can be. And some of the places <coughs> that I, I know while you and I were over at Sheriff early on in the morning, uh, man, there's a bunch of outbuildings and barns and wooded areas and creek bottoms. Uh, and all that's got to be searched and, and, uh, and looked at. Well, you know, and I think the people, this started at around, I'd say probably 2 o'clock in the morning, little pieces of it. And, and people's heard me before talking about the way we stay in contact with each other. So at 2 o'clock, I think our group text started going off about this. And at 5, yeah. 
5:30, we was finally or somewhere around there. We were out on the scene with the guys because yes. you know we don't we don't have a lot to lend with them other than our resources. But mm-hmm. the patrol guys, I can't say enough about the troopers that stuck with us. If if the troopers are listening here today, uh, their pilots, you know, they they come and flew. And I know it was hot yesterday. Yesterday, the just the weather conditions made it yeah. tough on the canines, on the officers themselves. And uh, I want to stress this: if this been somebody's wanted for, uh, you know, obviously he's escaped, he's convicted. The convictions was for possession of stolen, stolen property, property and Schedule Two, so it's not like he was a murder suspect or anything. So we Correct. did the best we could on the actual scene for about eight hours, mm-hmm. about eight hours, long day. And that's dogs, and that's getting resources, and make sure people stay hydrated. The helicopter, making sure they can get gas, get fuel, and you know then get into the weight of the atmosphere and the airplanes and all that stuff. But either way, so about eight hours. I think we got, a, I think we we got a caller. caller. We'll be glad <laughs> to take it before we take a break. Okay. Change the. Nope. But I think once we made the decision yesterday, we'd done our interviews, to, spoke with family and people in the neighborhood, and to a point it just it's sort of what we call that scene or that inside perimeter. It gets expanded. So now we're yes. looking not just here at also, I think, far as out of state at one of the beaches mm-hmm. that we may have received information through, and I know you've seen it through the app. Yes, absolutely. We've actually seen information through the app. So. Yep. And, and there again, folks, for, for those of you that, that are new to the show, uh, if you don't know about our Sheriff's Office app, you can go to uh, the Google, Google Store uh, or App Store um, and uh, look at Arnold County Sheriff. Uh, it's a black background with, with, with our badge on it. If you'll download that, it's free. Uh, and you can get all sorts of information. And one thing that you've heard Sheriff Campbell say before, uh, and I may, I may let him say again, is we're not going to blow you up with useless no. information. No, I don't believe in setting notifications off. And I will say this, Joe is probably our most recent download because he just did it a while ago. But yesterday when the reporters start calling, once we send that notification out, you're not going to get a notification for everything that goes on. Correct. It's going to be a missing person, a person in danger, a child, a shooting, or an active scene at a, a school. A significant event. Is the only time you'll get a notification from us. And I think that's been one of the things. So there again, we're not going to eat you up notification notifications. There's no in-app purchases. Nope. It's just a service that we provide to the citizens of this county and a lot of law enforcement agents because they want to see. And plus, the, the, the good part about it is you can see if your neighbor's in jail. If he's gone for a little bit, you can check and make sure they're not in jail. You can check neighbors in jail. You can check sex offenders. Now, don't you laugh. I've you ch- can, we checked uh, you a couple times on Mecklenburg. You can uh, probably needed to apply for jobs. You can apply for concealed carry permits. You can apply for uh, uh, other things through the sheriff's office. We, we push out our information on our classes and courses and schools and things like that we're putting out. We know yesterday we got it once we we started getting flows of tips on this and that mm-hmm. knew him that once we mm-hmm. put it out you know it's a powerful thing social media in general but then have that that communication through an app anonymously and oh uh, absolutely a lot of kids are using it we talked about in the teen academy which is going on now that they actually feel more comfortable using an app oh yeah and they do send email email to them is too slow yeah well it is too slow and it's it's it, for these young folks and just listening to some of the kids at the teen academy uh, man we're way behind when it comes to social media and electronic stuff. Listen, we're way behind when it comes to putting a video together. That's, exactly That's the reason right. we've got Joe in here with us. He won't even let us use the boards yet. But no. But uh, we're going to take a break here in about two minutes. Mm-hmm. But a little preview. And, Dow, while you're here, if people are listening and they think somebody may be interested, first of all, call us, 704-873-1400, or tell them to tune in to 100, 100.7 FM or 105.9 FM yep. to listen to us. But it's going to be very in-depth, probably the side I hope, Obviously, you know, our show plan is not a lot. It's just from years of doing it. But sort of what it takes to build one of these cases, and not the side that you would see that other than just going out and do the buy. So, Yeah, and we, we just, um, while I was sitting here, just got some uh, 
information from uh, one of the warrant guys. They just picked up uh, another one of the individuals that was involved Warren in this. So that's, outstanding. So that's seven that we have and only that's two great. outstanding. That's going to be a huge impact to the, the distribution thing of fentanyl and uh, methamphetamine here in Idle County and a lot of it more specifically towards the city of Statesville, which will be mm -hmm. definitely mm -hmm. hugely impactful, at least for now, until we can move on to the next one. And uh, I think that was a lot of good work. And, and not on that, we'll talk a little bit about that and the, uh, the accomplishments and the trains y'all have and the ability that our state officials or our state agencies trust when we refer to ourselves as local, local agency, but to have mm -hmm. the ability to do these kind of cases on a national and even international I know some stage. of them have been international because when yeah, I was I mean, still up there, we, we were working international cases years ago. And, and it takes it just takes um, it takes an effort by everyone. You know, it's just not something that uh, we can do alone. We need we need everybody's help with it. And so what was going to say? Get your get your thoughts together. Questions you may want to ask, and we'll take a break. We'll be back in about what two minutes? Somewhere right around two minutes. So we'll see you here in just a few minutes. Different music. There you go. Welcome back to the Good, the Bad, and the Guilty here on WSIC 100.7 and 105.9. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is the Good, the Bad, and the Guilty with Sheriff Campbell and uh, Captain Dow Hawkins of our narcotics unit. And we got a really good show for you today. I'm, I'm excited. We're excited to have Dow here. We've been we've been waiting for this press release to, to drop. And what we're going to discuss here in the next segment is uh, a rather significant uh uh, conspiracy to distribute methamphetamine and, and a fentanyl case here in, in Ardell County. Uh, while we were uh, off uh, going into break, right before we, we left, uh, Captain Hawkins just got information that one of our one of our people that we had entered as wanted is now in custody on this conspiracy, and, and as Sheriff Campbell has already alluded to, uh, this is going to make a, a significant dent uh, in the methamphetamine and fentanyl uh, distribution here in Ardell County, especially around the city of Statesville. Uh, so if, if you're out there listening and you have any questions, please give us a call, 704-873-1400. Uh, we, we'd love to hear from you. And um, Dow, um, I know right before we, we were going off the air and while we were talking about the break, just start it once upon a time and end this thing at Happily Ever After and tell our listeners kind of how this got spun up and, and kind of what all the work y'all, I say y'all, and uh, our narcotics unit and some of our partners uh, put in. So... Back in January of this year, so part of narcotics is the ACE team. Okay, so they're kind of like the uniform part of uh, part of our division, along with the uh, the ICE team and the interstate guys. But the ACE team, they were able to develop some information and pass it along to myself, and I was able to take that. We were able to open up an investigation into a group of individuals that were operating inside Iredell, a few of them actually inside the city of Statesville, and between themselves in some capacity, they were conspiring to distribute a large quantity of crystal methamphetamine and a significant amount of, you know, what we're seeing a lot of now, fentanyl. So by doing, uh, by doing our due diligence, by working the case up, by partnering with uh, with the SBI and some other federal partners, and in the press release it talks about uh, how we used um, some of the detectives up in uh, Alexander County to kind of help us out because some of the suspects were up there. We were able to uh, charge nine individuals with a 
what I call a community impact project. It is, well, it is a community impact it, It's project. community impact. Um, the federal government, they, they call it a PSN, or like Project Safe Neighborhood. So, so everybody over at my shop, they're like, hey, let's just do it as a community impact project and see if we just can't take these people and work a case up on them, get them charged, get them off the street, and, and get as much dope off of them as we can. So we were able to, uh, we were able to do that. It took about six months, um, six months worth of surveillance, six months worth of undercover buys, six months worth of, you know, control buys using confidential informants, using information from community members that were calling in while we were doing it, phone tolls, phone records, social media research, just a wide variety of investigative techniques to uh, kind of tie everybody in together. If, if, if I could take just a moment of personal privilege, this is this is the exact type of case, and Sheriff, I know you hear it all the time because I'm, I'm with you a lot when people say, well, why aren't you doing something about these drugs over here? Or why aren't you doing something about drugs over there? Folks, rest assured, we're doing something about the drugs in this area. Yeah. Sometimes these cases take a little bit of time. Sometimes you have to work them to protect your informants. Sometimes you have to work them to protect your undercover officers. Uh, but f fear not, well, we are working. And some of them have family members. And you, you hear about methamphetamine and, and fentanyl. Well, none of that is produced locally. I mean, no. It comes from south of the border. Sometimes we're working these cases, and you'll see some of them we know that ties back to family members. And these, and Dow, that's one thing I was going to get. First of all, how many did we, before we go too far, how many people we end up arresting in this conspiracy right around? So we've, char we've charged nine. Yep. Out of the nine, seven are in custody. Um, throughout the entire investigation, we seized uh, just under 450 grams of crystal meth, which is, you know, just about a pound of meth. Um, a substantial amount of fentanyl, suspected fentanyl pills, a, su a substantial amount of powdered fentanyl. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, nine have been charged, seven's in custody. We're still looking for two, and, you know, we hope to have them fairly quickly. Well, and this this came up, and we sort of talked a little bit about it, and I know it's there, but it is part of the way the investigations work. You, you mentioned our, our state partners and our federal partners. Well, they just don't come in on the backs of regular just – I guess small kind of cases. I mean, all of them's important, but this was a group of people that was running a business, selling, and had ties to other parts of the, well, you can say southern, wherever you want to say it, but to other people. But I think the biggest things I'd like to get these guys that may want to get, and gals that want to get in law enforcement or just want to know, when you say wires and when you say these type of social media analytics and things you're ch checking, what there's a standard from a judge before we can enter into wires and do those kind of things so it takes a high level of work surveillance of and, probable cause and probable cause and years to go before a judge which and also to deal with social media that's a whole nother side of it but what kind of experience and or what kind of training through the years has your guys and the the, the group we put together that enables us to do a wire room which and you can explain a little bit of that and even get into the part where we may have translators come and listen to cases to Trent because we don't we can't understand it's not just simple Spanish or other it's it's a very specialized case to, I guess so we're, we're lucky enough we we have great relationships with our state and federal partners to the point that if we were to need something we can pick the phone up and they're there if they need something from us they pick the phone up and we're there you know at the sheriff's office here you have 
two investigators assigned to the Department of Homeland Security Drug Task Force, mm-hmm. myself and one other detective, and you have another detective in the narcotics office that's assigned to the ATF task force. So by having those relationships, nothing, nothing bad can come, nothing bad can come out of that. And yes, we have been able to participate on numerous occasions in not only state wire cases, but federal wire cases. And where some people might not understand what that is, that's where we have been able to seek judicial permission, whether mm-hmm. it's from a single judge or whether it's from a panel of judges. And we're able to, I hate to say live interception, but we're able to pretty much in real time monitor someone's conversations, whether it's social media or text messages or things like that. Well, and let's be clear on that. This is not, you hear a lot of stuff uh, we've heard through the years. This is not monitoring law-abiding American citizens. This, this is such a standard that we know. And I, I'll, I'll go on the record, Bill, I think you will from our, our years of working on our I feel safe to say that once you go up and you apply for this from the courts, we already know it's a criminal enterprise. I mean, we we know what we're doing. It's not you're not listening to everybody's conversations. That's not the way it works. It works to take down a an organization that's that's doing. A, a, they're in a business, and it's kind of hard to explain. I know the words I want to use, but it's a group of people, and that's their business selling drugs. So. That's how we put the cases together. And you, this is certainly not something that's done every day, and it's certainly not something that's done kind of just ad hoc. You've got to know what you're doing. You've got to have probable cause for, for these judges. You've got to be able to to articulate to to the judges why. And then you may still have to negotiate with the, the phone people or the computer people or the Internet people and, and get them to, to, to do the stuff. So, yes, it's uh, having a skill set, having the ability and the relationships – Pays huge dividends for and, the citizens. Of and listen, County. this ain't Mayberry. I mean, no, we are not. We we are way above, and it's y'all's training, y'all's experience, and you're y'all doing the job. So, everybody has an expectation of privacy to their house, to their phone call, to the social media, so on and so forth. Their take it. There's so much probable cause that has to be developed prior to any of those activities going on. And by the time we have that probable cause, it's beyond a shadow of a doubt that that individual or that group of people are involved in some kind of illicit criminal activity. And, you know, you you made a great point about, you know, this, it took six months to, to get this thing done. Well, it takes six months to do that because one of our main objectives is the protection of the identity of the individual who may be assisting us in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, protect, the protection of the citizen who calls in about a tip, the protection of the undercover investigator. You know, we just can't do everything in a 30-minute television show or in an hour television show. We have to do this in such a way that when it's done, it's complete. And and here's the greatest thing about these kind of cases. They go directly to the grand jury. That's so, true. So I don't issue a warrant. I don't type a warrant out for them. Um, I get a grand jury date. And, and I explain to the grand jury. some people that may not know what a grand jury. Uh, the grand jury is a group of individuals, 12 individuals, normal citizens who are picked to serve on a grand jury for a certain term. I go in, I basically give them the entire six months, everything that went on. And these 12 normal Iredell County citizens decide whether or not I have enough probable cause or the district attorney has enough probable cause to issue arrest warrants for these people. So it's a constitutional safeguard to keep the government from running roughshod over people's rights. It is. It, It basically keeps law enforcement in check. Hey, I've done my job. This is what I have gathered. What do 
you the people think about it. Yeah. And the people are like, this is fabulous. And, and they're like, hey, we're going to do the warrants. That's good. Y'all did a great job. And there's a lot of hours and a lot of hours and stuff. And, you know, I can't say enough about the State Bureau of Investigation, the uh, our, our ATF and other partners, Homeland Security partners that work with us. And, and basically they trust us enough to, to let us be involved. And really, y'all, yeah, I hate to say it, but you have a lot more experience than some of their newer agents in doing this stuff. So We do, and we have relationships with them that go back you know, we got oh, the years. oldest. The, we got the oldest, or one of the second oldest interstate team in this in the state, other than the Highway Patrol. Been around for twenty three years now. You know, you develop those relationships doing those federal cases, whether they're U.S. currency cases or they're human smuggling cases or they're drug cases. You just develop those. And I know we've got about thirty seconds. And one thing, but you've told me, and we'll, we may hit this a little and come back. How many times have you heard Idle avoid Idle County? all the way in California somewhere on a wire. And when we say a wire, we're talking about a wiretap or whatever, but a monitor conversation. Um, someone who I will not mention will smile when I say this. It happened It happened less than 15 days ago. We might have to revisit that. So we'll be back in about two minutes. Now. We've got to get this timed with the, the music. Joe's pointing, pointing so... But, Dow, before we left, we're still talking a little bit about these cases. I think one of the things we'll, we'll get a little bit of – but let's – hey, let's name the people that was in the uh, – Bill? If you'd like to do it, Bill, you yeah, got Bill, it. I, I have would, at it. I would love to. Uh, so for those of you that are listening, <clears throat> excuse me, the following individuals that have either been arrested or are wanted by the Ardell County Sheriff's Office in connection to a six-month undercover conspiracy case that we've been working. The first one that we have to talk about that was arrested is Ashley Nicole Clark. She's 29 years old, lived at 147 Shaw Road in Harmony, uh, was charged with several things, received a $20,000 secured bond, uh, has quite the uh, significant little drug history, and at the time was currently on probation for felony possession of a controlled substance. The in individual that was just arrested while we were on the air, and I do not know his bond amount yet because uh, we're still processing him, was Nicholas Aaron Winst Whitston, 30 years old, also from 147 Shaw Road in Harmony. Uh, and he has quite the uh, little drug history. Another individual that is entered as wanted and is currently wanted by the Ardell County Sheriff's Office is Tiffany Amber Power, 26 years old of 3005 Eastway Drive in Statesville. Her charge is felony conspired to sell or deliver crystal methamphetamine, and she is currently on probation for misdemeanor defrauding of an innkeeper. Another individual that we are currently looking for is Eugenio Mata Carbajal, he is 30 years old of 120 Deepwater Road, Statesville, North Carolina. Uh, he has a significant drug history uh, and criminal history, and he is wanted. If you know where he's at, please call us, 878-3100 uh, for the Ardell County Sheriff's Office or dial 911. Another individual, uh, and, and, and here again going to the caliber of individuals that are in this, in this group now that you guys worked, uh, is William Joseph McCurdy, 32-year-old male of 2307 James Way, Statesville. He received a $30,000 secured bond. He is currently on probation for obtaining property by false prints, pretense, felony possession of a Schedule II controlled substance, drug possession, and is a Bound for Glory gang member who has been certified as a gang member by the North Carolina Department of Adult Corrections. Uh, and he received a $30,000 secured bond on his charges. Another young lady that was arrested was Madison Elizabeth Uptain, 21 years of age, of 169 Winding Arbor Circle. Uh, she has a small uh, criminal history, but she was on probation for felony drug possession charges. 
another individual in one of the main one of the main targets that I know you guys went after by looking at his his charges is Bradley Montana Revis, 27 years old of 124 Fox Run Drive in Statesville, and he received a three hundred thousand dollars bond times three for a total of nine hundred thousand dollars secured bond and he is on probation for misdemeanor assault with a deadly weapon uh one of my one of the most favorite mugshots that we'll have of this group is mr christopher todd matheny you know that right there is a reason to get that yeah if you want to go see some of these mugshots and the the criminal records and look at this criminal record i mean he's a folk He's a Folk Nation gang member already, which we've, if you notice, that's we've had one of those just the other week we had to deal with. But here he is in, in Idaho County. Yes. And uh, he is currently in the North Carolina Department of Adult Corrections. We'll be serving his papers on him uh, hopefully shortly, uh, getting him uh, some more bond and some more time in the North Carolina Department of Corrections. And as Sheriff Campbell has said, uh, he is a Folk Nation gang member. And again, his name is Christopher Todd Matheny. 49 years of age, who previously lived at 2579 Davie Avenue here in Statesville. And another individual that was uh, played a significant role is a Russell Javon Lenny, 33 years old of 1205 Williams Road here in Statesville. Uh, he has a uh, incredibly large criminal history. Uh, let me just go ahead and say that 16 counts of felony breaking and entering. Now, ladies and gentlemen, why is this man still out? On the street, and I think that's a lot of the questions that people ask us on social media. Now that's that's sixteen individual counts, and 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 well, don't even get me started. That's not what we're here to talk about. But now, one of the things in, in that we said off air, and, and a lot of people are you know maybe a little queasy about us to getting. <coughs> wild, well, let me chair. say no, no, no. I was going to say one thing before we go is in in sort of release. These are not your people. These, I mean, if somebody's got a problem or an addict, come to us. But these are people that actually facilitated the buying and the selling. Yeah, I mean, of, of drugs. I mean, these are dealers. I mean, and look at the other crimes that it breeds, meaning the break-ins to deal with these people and, and things of that nature. So, a number, a couple of those individuals sold significant amounts of narcotics to undercover law enforcement, hand to hand. So, you know, you if know they, what I say? They didn't know. They didn't know what who y'all were. So, if, no. gonna, if you had a fifteen-year-old child come up there and had the money. Do you think they'd sell to them? I think they would. Uh, I think they'd sell the uh, multicolored, uh, the multicolored pressed fentanyl pills or suspected fentanyl pills to them. That look like Xanax and things like that. That, looks that, like, that and, look like Xanax. And you've you heard, you heard from Sheriff Wilmot about the same thing being sold. Hey, that's like the Teen Academy. I had one of the uh, parents uh, last night tell me that after we we showed them the fentanyl, which was from an undercover buy here locally, mm-hmm. it was an undercover buy, and we used the six grains of. Uh, Table salt. Yeah, table salt. He actually went home and she seen him doing it on a penny. Yeah. So they're they're thinking about this, and I know we talk about this a lot. And I know this comes up, but I, the, conspiracy. These big knockoffs, these big ones that take off, I guess several dealers and several businesses. I mean, it, it'll disrupt the flow for a little bit. It it dis, it'll disrupt it. It'll disrupt it quite a bit. But but here's here's the underlying issue. Five years ago. It was costing us about a thousand to say fourteen hundred bucks for an ounce of meth, and if nobody knows what an ounce is, that's twenty-eight point three five grams. Okay, thousand to fourteen hundred dollars. 
I mean, what would people think if I told you that I could go get the same ounce right now for 250 or 300 Well, and we've been talking about that, and you know what the cause? Why don't you go ahead and say there's two words that's causing that. Y'all ain't brave enough to say it. Go ahead. Southern border. Open border. Joe Biden. There you go. But that, well, and we've said that before. When we were, we, we could see what a kilogram or a 2.2 pounds or a 1,000 grams of cocaine was going up in the high 40s. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you're into the low 20s. Give or take. Yeah. Give or yeah. take. Depending on your quality. You call it 30 gram. But you're seeing a lot, and I've loved the way this, this, these gang shootings and a lot of that stuff has changed the, the words of just mm-hmm. let's categorize mass shootings. But what it is is because every little group that could have ever saved their lunch money can now go put, purchase a kilogram or half a kilogram of cocaine, which in turn creates more drugs on the streets, which is more territory, which they have to protect. Mm-hmm. We see We see individuals who... Five years ago, we were dealing with we're dealing with, in a, with they were dealing in a specific type of drug. So let's say they were dealing in cocaine. Okay, cocaine is kind of high. Now they see the profit margins for meth. They see how easy it is to get it. They can go basically, you know, within a two or three hour drive of of Iredell or Statesville, and get all that they want, and bring it back here. And we have a pretty good suspicion that a couple of the people that are in that case were doing the exact same thing. Well, uh, and the exactly citizens, hey, and they're looking at us. Why, why, why is this happening? Listen, yeah. we're arresting them. As hard as we can. The problem is, and we'll come back to this, but the problem is we got to keep them in jail. But You know, look at some of the press releases, Dal, and, and I know that all our dope stuff goes across your desk, but look at some of the press releases that we've had lately, especially with, with folks, and I'm not stereotyping Charlotte, but a lot of Mecklenburg County, Forsyth County, Winston-Salem, Hickory, uh, those areas. Re- read the drugs that they have. It's not just I'm, I'm, I'm a methamphetamine seller. It's I got a little cocaine, I got a little meth, I got a little Xanax, like I a got buffet. a little heroin. It's it, they're rolling dope stores because drugs are so cheap. And if I, if instead of me just trying to find one person to sell methamphetamine to, well, that might not be your thing. But heroin is. Well, if I got heroin and you're a customer, now I've got you. So it's if if it's almost like Amazon of the dope world. If you, you don't want, if, if you I can want, be an Amazon and sell everything, then I can make money from everybody. If you don't want to work, and you want to make a two hundred and fifty dollar investment for the chance of making three thousand dollars off of it. Then you're going to stand a pretty good sure. chance well, of seeing know, somebody, <coughs> somebody, somebody from from our office. Sure. Hey, you've heard me say, anytime, what was it? Anytime the benefit of the crime outweighs the risk of punishment, you will have crime. Benefit of the crime outweighing the severity of the punishment. There you go. Or the risk and, of punishment. Yeah. And well, you know, and, and we see it, and I'm so worried about the, not so worried, but it gets so frustrating from us arresting these same same people. You know, so seems like our our. Th- our government's a lot is worried about protecting the bad guys versus remembering the good guys. It's the criminal justice system, not, not the, the vic- victim yeah, justice right. system. That's right. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back in, what, about two minutes? Okay, we'll be back give in about two minutes. Yeah, give or take. We give don't know sure what we're taking a break, yeah. but we'll be back shortly. <laughs> Back to the good, the bad, and the guilty here on WSIC, uh, 100.7 and 105.9. Uh, talking about drug conspiracies, how we work drug cases. For anybody that's ever wanted to know uh, how we work them or why we work them or any questions about law enforcement, please give us a call, 704-873-1400. Sheriff, I know you and Dan were, were, were talking, uh, you know, shop there before we left, but I want our listeners to understand and know and to be assured 
that if we as law enforcement, especially the Arthur County Sheriff's Office, were doing anything illegal, immoral, wrong, uh, abusing our authority as far as wiretaps, watching, watching social media things, we would be sued. The media would be all over it. And our cases that we make would not be standing up in court, and you would not be hearing about these type of cases. And, Dow, you brought up a great case. Everything we do is subject to and goes through judicial review, which are magistrates, district court judges, superior court judges, federal magistrates, federal judges, depending on, on the case, so that if we're not doing things correctly, it's not going to happen. And if we do it, then we're breaking the law, and we'd be arrested and sued. Well, I think it says for Dow Hits, I know what he's going to say about judicial, but also I think the biggest thing is the – the bigger agencies, and I hate to use the word bigger, but they are state agencies, federal agencies that that's wanting to work with us. I mean, that was my next point. Yeah, listen, the FBI's got enough problems, but these other agencies come to work with us that that trust our decision and really, Dow, this is sort of and our CID. I'll take it, even our criminal investigations division and y'all working in hand in hand with them. But the 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 knowledge and the ability and enough years of experience to write these kind of orders that our federal and, and our judges trust and that our federal partners and state partners are willing to work with a, a local sheriff's office. I mean, we're, it, you heard me say, well, it's not maybe. It's it's very – you have a lot of equipment and you have a lot of stuff and there's a lot of education been invested in this, but – I think it goes back to the reputation of the agency, the investigators, and our the, the, the cases that we've brought forward from years and years ago up to the present. That continues to have our state and federal partners wanting to and willing to work with us. Look, the folks, the folks that are up there in the narcotics division. So we talked about it. You know, it's the investigators, the interstate team, the ACE team. You know, we talk about judicial review and all the good work that they do. You know, people have to understand that when something like this comes along, or a larger case comes along, we work hand in hand, just not with you know the judges but with the district attorney's office i mean if we're going to prepare Absolutely, if we're yes. going to prepare a case i'm going to take a case to them that i know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they're going to prosecute that case and if there's example with this the the da that i'm that i've worked with on this he probably had it two months before i took it to grand jury and we would converse every week hey tell me about this Hey, add this. Hey, let's, you know, let's put more of this in. Well, where's this person at now? And it's a collective effort between everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, and you're absolutely right. And have the respect. I hear judges all the time. They'll, they'll call and brag on the way y'all put cases together. But uh, one of the other things, sort of switching gears, but it's one of the biggest tools I think we have in our pocket to, to take away from drug, well, cartels, businesses, whatever, and we do have some legislators, not not so much in North Carolina, absolutely not, but on our federal side that I think are misguided in the problems. Our job is we can take all the drugs all day long from our, our local dealers and our local, our regional whatever. You're big players in the – but the cartels will re-up them. They don't care about losing their drugs. I mean, they'll put 10 tons Surprise on a submarine and, and hope it's – yes. Yeah, surprised to do business. But where you put them out of business is taking their assets. Yeah, a- asset forfeiture is – not just a huge benefit to to you know local agencies, sheriff's offices, police departments. It's a benefit to the collective law enforcement world and the community and the and and the community on it. But the now, tax payer, absolutely. All right, let's be real clear. Tax it's payer. the tax payer that's saving money now, and they're saving money because when when we talk about assets, folks, you got to remember we're just not talking about money, bank accounts, things like that. 
you know, we have been in participation with cases where boats have been seized. You know, not a boat in Harmony, but a boat in Miami, mm-hmm. or yeah. an airplane that's been seized. Well, not an airplane down at Charlotte. Yeah, we're not talking air- a little Piper Cub. Yeah. We're talking about yeah. jets. Yeah. You know, so, but what where I see it affect us a ton. At one point in time, probably fifty percent of my fleet of cars were at one point in time drug dealer cars mm-hmm. that we seized throughout cases that is turned back over to the agency for our use. Well, and drug dealers are scared to death of taking our assets. And one thing, cartels are scared to death of serving being uh, sent to America to serve their time. They're, they're totally terrified of that, and they're terrified of taking their monies because we use it here. And I'll just say, speak locally, we had we had to have a late patrol. We had to get something. We've had a, an old one that just could not compete with the amount of traffic. Otherwise, we'd have had to offset that with taxpayer dollars, but we didn't. We used drug dealers' money. Mm-hmm. We got a Bearcat we use for school rescues if we was to have an actor shooter to have that capability. Shields. Shields, ballistic shields in our elementary school. Mobile classroom. Mobile classroom. New, uh, new tactical vest for our SWAT team. Thank Just you. a SWAT team. Like computers. Computers. That offsets tax. Why should our taxpayers pay for drug dealers to be profitable? Let's take their assets and use it again. But I've seen there's some bills, and I wish I had the bills really. I know Dan Bishop was one of them speaking about it, so if he's listening, I hope he analyzes it and listen to the Sheriff's Association recommendation along with every other national police agency that sent a letter, let's make sure we, there's so many judicial review on asset forfeiture as well. There, we, we don't just go take Bill's tractor because he got caught with the dime bag. That don't happen. No. These are huge cases where we take their profits and the cartel profits and use it to offset the cost of taxpayer money. No item will be seized by any no item will be seized by this agency. Now, no. I'm, not, I'm not saying that I'm over the seizure end of it, but you rely heavily on, on the office that, that I'm in to mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of oversee that unless it has a direct tie to some kind of criminal activity. So if we can't prove that that car, boat, plane, house, bag of money, was obtained illegally or tied to an illegal activity. We're not going we, to mess with and, it. And I say we and, don't touch and, that. And, and let's, let's, let's be clear on this year. Right now, North Carolina does not have a bulk cash smuggling law. No, North Carolina is so the only state. So if we see bulk, sma- bulk cash smuggling monies, Dow, explain the appeals process that is set up and set forth in the law so that if we... I say we, if any law enforcement inadvertently took money and I could prove it, I could still get now, it back. Now, the sheriff well, should remember, you should remember a handful of years ago when North Carolina, it, it got some legs with, it with, with some Rowan, sheriffs yes. down east, you know, kind of southeast of us, and, and it got some legs about having a state asset forfeiture law. Yes. And, you know, it, it's taboo. Some people don't like it, but it serves such think a they, great tool. They don't, I don't think they understand no, it, though. That's it. They, it's they got to be education. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. If, if, if we do it, you may travel two, three, four hundred. We turn back 50 times. We've got about four minutes. About 50 times the amount of cash that we seize on the interstate, okay? There's legitimate use. You may be going to an auction, antique. You may just have that money. In my opinion, do what? I mean, I, I can I can tell you how much since 2018 well, has been returned to us from the federal government. How much? About just one, guessing. I mean, it's pretty close to about 1.3 million dollars since just, January 25th. And, and of 2018. we know we know this is ties to organized crime. We know when it's I say a hundred, but one hundred percent. But I want to make sure the people that's going to an auction in Florida. You know, we've stopped hundred two hundred thousand dollars in cash. That's not what we're listen. Mm-mm. Those, 
I'm talking about the guys that's got it wrapped up in $25,000 bundles in wax paper green with... With black pepper. Black pepper or axle grease hit under the... Dryer sheets. Yeah, that is... We'll also we'll also go back to uh, go back to this. So you know we're talking about you know interstate cases and axle greases and, and and big bags of money. Why should the individuals that were involved in this case that we talked about today, if they were operating a vehicle that met the general statute and the requirements to be seized, and they were selling and, and, and they were selling drugs out of it, why shouldn't law enforcement target that? We should. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Because you'll put them out of business. That's the only way you can put them out of business. Only way. They can care less about going and serving two or three months because they're going to get wealthy when they come out. Now, these obviously are not good business managers, it appears. No. But some of the ones that we see, you know, would is is some of the – and that's the only way we can continue to reduce crime rates. And and to have the reputation and stay away from idol that we hear on them wires in California, you was telling me, I know you can't say it on the air, but – to us, that's flattering as an agency. It is. And, and what Bill was talking about, there there are steps that are in place to where we have, we are bound by a certain time frame to notify an individual of a process that they can complete in order to contest whatever and, item that, that, they, that they had removed from their possession. Even if it's straight up thug dope money. They still, have, they still have the right to appeal. 45, they but, got 45 days. But there's a new HR rule coming out, and the, and, and the U.S. Congress want to cut that down to about six. So what that means is not for them, but for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For us. Yep. And uh, you know good and well, we can't try m- money back to a Mexican bank and everything like that or, or a southern south of the border bank and be able to do it properly. So You can't. I've worked, I've worked a number of cases. You can't tie it. I can't tie whatever money you have. To your bank, if you're using three different ones in two different states with, you know, three different family members, that that's yeah. going to take months to do. Yeah, and so, forensic accountants and things yes. of that nature. Yeah, you know, and I forgot about drones and dogs. Sitting, we're sitting here, what we've used asset forfeiture money on, and, and we hear it. So we got about one minute. I do want to give a little bit of good news before we go around. Bill, back in 2014, we we do an annual report. It'll be coming out before long. Mm-hmm. And there's seven crimes that's called called our uniform crime report. And this is by the FBI and the SBI. So. At that time, 1,645 people, 1641, out of 100,000 have been a victim of one of those crimes, okay? I thought we were doing good, and we got it down to about 50% reduction in crime, which is about 840 people Mm -hmm. per 100,000. We just got a new Dow, and you're talking about the impact of doing good narcotics work in other cases with our investigators and patrol. Now we're down about 742 per 100,000. I've not done the math, but just to the citizens that give us the information. Hey, it's good. It's good. So, and we depend on the citizens giving us that information. Uh, so, we appreciate your trust in us following up, but that's helped us drive plummet crime rates. All right, we will see you next Wednesday about three o'clock, and uh, looking forward to it. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks, folks.